come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it too. Come on. So I saw a crazy play. I saw uh, the Underground Railroad game. Um, I forget who was by, but I saw it by the creators. Uh, it's a troupe from Philadelphia. It's a duo, but I think there's more members involved. But right. the two made this play. Um, uh, it's a, a black woman and a white man, and this is very important because <laughs> it's about the Underground Railroad. It is, and <laughs> it's very interesting because, uh, my God, I've never been at such a dark satire comedy um, lesson. <laughs> uh, so it's about it's about this uh, middle school and these teachers, these two history teachers, have come up with this game called the Underground Railroad game, and it's just as bad as it sounds. Where they divide the class up into like te- like you know like the Union versus the Confederacy, and then like the Confederate students have to like catch the quote-unquote slaves from escaping in the underground railroad to like other classes yeah so that's the vibe of this whole play right and then the two teachers so the whole thing is like about like how like uh we um do a terrible job teaching like um you know these really important lessons and stuff to our children you know via like this whole thing of like these you know middle school teachers coming up with this terrible idea to like teach the civil war and the underground railroad and everything by turning it into a game yeah. and then the flip side of that as well is that they fall in love and then their whole thing about how they're wrestling with like racism through adulthood in this like very visual uh, way <laughs> i don't know it how sounds, else to sounds put like it. a very heady interesting it was way that would be, it was yeah. fucking heavy like it kept me up all night like after i saw it like i've never i it was it's there's some imagery well, well a good piece of art does that like or like really messes mm-hmm. with your head and like keeps you thinking about yeah. it definitely yeah so if you ever see the underground railroad game coming through again please fucking jump on that it was is it still Holy. playing, or was like that just I, kind of a really? I don't know. I, it might be uh, the Curious Theater in it's like Tenth and Bannock. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. been there uh, for like one other show. I can't remember what it was, but I, I've been there. It's a nice little space. Yeah, um, but man, wow, huh. wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look it up. Look it up at least for sure, because I'm not doing it justice. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot in that wow. play. Um, but all right, that's a nice segue into this movie. Actually. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, some of it. <laughs> well, the the play in this movie is very very different. Yeah. Uh, well, first right. of all, there are absolutely no black people. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not. Uh, all right, are we ready, guys? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This. And hey, guess what? It's not. Um, it's not a special episode. It's just an episode. Just a regular it's one. Just a regular, regular old episode. Regular old yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just... it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm your host, Dennis, as always, and I'm joined by my two, um, I don't know, community members, uh, Colin and Craig, who are just so jazzed to be here. Oh, How yeah. you doing, Craig? <laughs> How about you, Colin? It's the day of the podcast, y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> we saw Waiting for Guffman. Uh, it's a 1996 uh, Christopher Guest movie. Um, and if you're not familiar with Christopher Guest movies, uh, well, Colin, I, you go ahead. I'm going right. to just butcher it. <laughs> well, well, this movie is um, it's written and directed by Christopher Guest. It's ri- Well, it's actually written by Christopher Guest, Eugene Levy, and the entire cast because this entire movie, like all Christopher Guest movies, is entirely improvised. In fact, the only portion of the movie that is scripted is like the lines of the actual play red white and blaine everything else is just based off of like a loose like two to three page outline and the cast members um improvise the whole rest of everything that you see but it's about this little town called blaine missouri um where corky st Clair is the drama teacher and he is tasked with putting on a play for blaine's 150th anniversary so he writes a brand new musical called red white and blaine and he produces it with uh, members of the community, some travel agents, uh, the dentist, a uh, girl who works at the Dairy Queen, a uh, taxidermist, and originally a guy who's a mechanic who later drops out of the show. And Corky has to take over on the day of the show and fill in like the male lead. Um, but they also, in the middle of the producing this, they get word that it is going to be viewed by somebody from New York, a representative of the like um, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer Agency, uh, Mr. Mort Guffman, is coming to view the show. And um, Corky interprets this as they have a chance to go to Broadway instead of just a guy from New York is coming to the show. Um, but <laughs> the cast starts to believe that they have a chance of going to Broadway and then Mr. Guffman as you would assume with a title like Waiting for Guffman, alluding to uh, Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot, Mr. Guffman never shows. So the whole play is about this lead up to the play and then Mr. Guffman not showing up and like the whole disappointment of that. But it's it's a play about this small town putting on a piece of community theater. And if you've ever done community theater, if you've ever done academic theater, so much of this movie just rings true to you because it's like, that's just what community theater is. I think the only thing that I felt like didn't ring true was like, there was not like a pre-show like hell week blow up by the director you know <laughs> oh, well yeah. there is there is a blow up from the director but it's so much farther out than it should happen yeah. right yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like you need at least one like hell week like tech week where like the director just like someone just like breaks down crying because the director is just like you need to get your shit together yeah, like, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, there like was no there was no good. screaming match so yeah it was, it was missing a screaming match every play has a screaming match um, or like yeah cast members like sleeping with each other and oh, like, breaking yeah, yeah, yeah. up like oh the that day would be weird because like ron and like, sheila are married yeah. and libby is too young to be with uh <laughs> with dr pearl <laughs> or like really anybody else in the show except for johnny who then just drops out but th- there's like fleeting moments where like ron and debbie are like flirting you yeah know? um which just adds to the whole awkwardness of this whole thing you know <laughs> yeah. it's so nihilist and awkward and like these people are so jazzed which i love you know i hope that <laughs> there are theaters there's they are community theaters with these people that are just like so freaking pumped to just oh, to absolutely. put on a show for 50 people that they all know oh, you know yeah. there are so many things where like this little show, like for just those fifty people, is everything to yeah, these people, right? They, and that's what I love about this movie. Yeah, and and like they're almost like touched in the head because of like how they're like they're they're just delusions of grandeur, you know, or just like oh, this guy from New York, of course we're gonna get on Broadway, you know, if we just, <laughs> yeah, if we just do our best, you know, and it's like no, <laughs> no, this, these sets are cardboard, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. are. This is this is Blaine, Missouri. <laughs> Which I mean for like community theater. I was like, eh, it's not it was so legit. Like, yeah, like, like the, I mean, the, 
the sets, I mean, given there's no budget at all, yeah. which is established in the movie. And like, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I loved like the whole like narrator, you know? Yeah. Uh, he, like he's not even like an actor. He doesn't audition. They just go to this guy and say, we want you to be the narrator. And he's the best part of the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he blows it out of the water. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like this, like that ingenuity that, you know, comes with, yeah, working and doing something that you love. And again, like not doing it for money per se but just doing it because you love it and so you're like willing to be like all right well we don't have anything but like let's make this like the best we can possibly make it right with what little we have and i feel like that is something that rings true from my own like college theater experience of like yeah no the school's not going to give us any budget for this this is like a school club right so it's like we're pretty much having to work with you know whatever like small like club budget there is for it and leftover props yeah leftover <laughs> yeah, costumes exactly. like yeah whatever we could get like from you know like one our director you know worked with uh like the arvada center and the denver center and so like she had like you know connects in like the theater world who were like able to get us like this small thing or that small thing or yeah, they'll lend you this prop or they'll yeah. lend you a set right. piece and I just love when Corky goes to the town council and says, like, what I need from you yeah. is $100,000. And they all start laughing and they go, the entire budget for the year is $15,000. And that includes swimming. Yeah. <laughs> like, that He's pays like, for the pool. Yeah. He's like, there won't be any swimming in the show. He's like, no, it's for the pool. Like, like, we have to maintain <laughs> the rec center. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is definitely, like, a precursor to a lot of things. I can definitely see, like, yes. the influence influence in like parks and rec the I office can see, yeah, yeah the influence in uh this other show called summer heights high um which is this um this one guy who plays like three different characters it's an australian show uh and like one of them is like a theater director and it's oh, like oh yeah i've heard of this and, yeah. you know like in this one it's like he's like putting on like a high school production of anything goes and it's just like 100% like the same type of thing where it's like he's very obviously gay and like no it's like never actually said that he's gay but like deeply closeted gay. but yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and like I can 100% see like a lot of uh, Tobias like yeah like, oh absolutely character like and like the like the word like play that they use like to be like oh yeah uh, let's see what was one of the ones here was um, oh yeah I'm gonna give Guffman like a sweet package I gotta make sure I give him like a sweet package and, and it's like you know uh, you know I'm gonna go home and bite my pillow and uh, you know like someone's like oh yeah like I've never seen his wife like there's two great parts where he talk where the, like um, Corky's wife is talked about the first one was where he says like I was out like shopping from buying for my wife i buy most of her clothes <laughs> <laughs> and then like there's um dr pearl's wife who's like yeah he has a wife like i've never seen her maybe that's a part of the problem maybe she's just not supportive <laughs> and i don't know i have mixed feelings about it uh just because i mean when, when did this movie come out 1996 I mean, I guess in I, 90s, I could, I could like, like, it was like still a, a time where there was a lot of like very like stereotypical, like, like any character that was gay was like very stereotypically portrayed. Uh, and so like, I kind of have like mixed feelings about like, just kind of like the end of the joke, just being like, he's gay. Right. Like that's, I, I, I thought like, the comedy was dated and yeah, yeah for and, sure. Like, I mean, it's, it's just like, Oh, we get it. You know, like it, it got to the point where it's like, I'm not even laughing at these things that were probably people, you know, that this is, it was you were supposed to laugh at like oh look at how gay he is yeah. you know like like bite my pillow and he storms off you know and like like this isn't even really funny to me anymore 
Or, or ever. Yeah. It was kind of funny in 96. Yeah. yeah it, but like, yeah. again, it's like, it, 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 it speaks to the time that this movie came out. It speaks to the time that we are now where, yeah, we have a lot of, you know, more portrayals of, you know, like LGBTQ people in media. And so like that we're expected to have more range in terms of like, and the jokes that they're telling, not just being the end of the joke, again, being that they're gay. It's like, there's, Oh yeah, more to a person than just their sexuality. Right. Well, I, I think part of it is like more than it's just like the joke isn't entirely that he's gay. It's like he's gay and like nobody knows. Well, yeah, and, like, and it's no one knows that he's very like obviously gay to the audience. I mean, that's like the, it's the joke to the audience is that he's like very clearly gay. No one like is either like recognizing that or calling it out in any way, which is again in its own way a little like oh that's cool that like everyone's just like going with it. Everyone, no one's like. Uh, but although I think it is really just like this town is so small, this town yeah. is so just like you know like enclosing itself. Adorably like, blind. They're yeah, yeah, they're literally just like, oh yeah, I've never seen his wife, but he says he has a wife. She's out of town, and no <laughs> That's one's ever whatever. seen her. Yeah. But, it's but but cool. even that joke is kind of dated. Like the thing of like, oh, he has a wife. Like he clearly can't be gay because he has a wife. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah in yeah. air quotes. But you know that still today seems a little like, oh really? That was what we were laughing right. at back then. Yeah. But but like I feel like like I don't know. To me that whole aspect you know of like how oblivious they ever like the whole town was about corky um like kind of played into like the the excitement that everyone was about the community theater and just how like you know ludicrous they all are yeah. you know i kind of like that how like um you know it's also kind of in the same vein as the as the bob balaban's character you know where he's like the music director and he, like how over the top he does like his role with like the six people that he has you yeah. know to play the but, instrument but they're said but he's also the straight man like right yes. he is like there's all these crazy characters who are like the people in the community and the guy who has to like be like normal and keep everything together is bob balaban the music teacher and so like even though he goes kind of big he still is like the straight man character yeah, yeah. well i mean it's it is kind of like this this like again like the most like benevolent form of like ignorance of like where you're saying it is a very small town they don't really have like a lot of exposure and like one of the parts where they say you know like this is like you know america like this is like the perfect representation of america and it's like a room of like all white people <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and it's just like yeah that's Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, that that's also like the other joke in the movie is like kind of making fun of like how small the town is and like they're kind of what hayseeds they are and how like silly it is that they think that their like show about their little town in Missouri is going to go to Broadway. But yeah. that's that's like, also that also plays into the mentality of the Midwest where like people in Midwest towns are like, no, this is true America, the heartland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like oh, you're not American unless you're growing corn, you know, yeah. and like and that whole mentality. And I feel like this definitely portrays that. And I feel like that right. is like the satire of this movie that I really do oh, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like, is that they are, you know, kind of like pointing at the, like pointing at on the nose on that of like, yeah, this town like really thinks it's like the center of the universe and right. like, could like have its play about like it's 150 year anniversary, like go to Broadway. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's written in the fabric of like the establishment of the town. Like yeah. the guy, the name of the, t the namesake of the town is like what some settler that brought him there. Blaine likes brought him there to like thought he made it to California, but nope, <laughs> they were actually in Missouri. Yeah. And, and there's actually a line where Larry Miller even says when they're trying to get Corky to come back to the show, 
after he's stormed out when he doesn't get his hundred thousand dollars where he says without like missouri without blaine there's no missouri without missouri there's no america (laughs) (laughs) and i also love uh what was Parker Posey's character's name? Uh, Libby. Libby. Like, yeah. she's, like, talking about, like, you know, like, someday I'm going to, like, go and I'm going to meet, like, all these, like, amazing, like, diverse people. Like, I might even meet, like, an Italian. And it's an just, Italian like, that's, like, the guy. most diverse person that she can, like, know. even imagine. Like, There's like, all kinds of people of different colors <laughs> yeah. in that city. I'd like to go to New York and meet an Italian man and, you know, or, or maybe hang just- out and... Just watch, watch TV. TV. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, that's like her biggest dream is just to watch TV with an Italian man. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and uh, to, again, just kind of like that same level of just a bubble is like even like further down is when they're talking about like the crop circle. And oh, he's God. like, says like, it's, it's always David Cross. He's like, yeah, he's like the weather, like inside of the circle is always the same. It's always 67 degrees with a 40% chance of rain. And it's like, <laughs> I feel like that's just like the weather. They're always in Blaine. And there's two things I want to say about that. One is there's a great line in the beginning. Another Larry Miller thing where he says like, you, there's a saying in Missouri where it's like, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. I think with hard work, we can get that down to three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, but also David Cross, like doing that little piece about the little crop circle um, wasn't originally in this movie or in like the outline. David Cross was actually somebody who was brought in afterwards when something else didn't work out. They're like, all right, we'll just have David Cross come in and improvise this other little piece. Um, ah. Also, um, Bob Odenkirk is in the movie, but he doesn't have any lines. Bob Odenkirk is just one of the people auditioning. Like he oh. doesn't even like, you don't even see his audition. I think he's the guy who's dressed as like the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. But he doesn't like do anything. He's just there in the background. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this movie's definitely stacked, like as far oh, as Oh, like, it's ridiculous. Yes. And, and this is like early in the Christopher Guest series of films, which are all this stacked. Like it's got like Parker Posey, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hare, Fred Willard, Bob Balaban, like all these people, and then like waiting or best in show comes on and has like the same people and adds more to it. Like yep. adds Jane Lynch adds like a bunch of other people. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's where, okay. That's when Jane Lynch started on the, yeah, it was in best group. in show. Oh, okay. And then they go from that. They do like a mighty wind. Like there's a, all of these different Christopher guest, Eugene Levy, like improvised movies. Right. Um, it's that, uh, you know what? We're going to take a little break and then we'll come back with the rest of our review of waiting for government. And we're back. Um, you miss me? I missed me. I missed <laughs> you very much, Dennis, in the very brief time. That I we're thought you were going to be gone forever. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Lied. Craig has a problem with uh, object permanence. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It was just like an endless void. It was just like <laughs> Janet. <laughs> we have to tie him down when we watch movies or else he forgets that it's the same movie. Yeah. I just go into my void. <laughs> and, break and it's just like, oh, cool. Anyways, we're back with a review for uh, Waiting for Government. And uh, I just wanted to um, kind of discontinue, uh, talk about the general humor of this, of Christopher Guest movies. Uh, this one hits heavy with the, I don't know if I should laugh or cry for these people. <laughs> I think this is the saddest one. Do you think of, so? Of all of them. Yeah, because I mean... Best in show gets kind of sad, but isn't as bleak as this one, especially with like everyone's like pro or um, epilogue. Yeah, they, it does conclude pretty happy, at least. This one is just like, man, these people are just delusional. <laughs> and, and like all of their endings are so sad. 
like Eugene Levy, like he like isn't partic- like doesn't seem like he's with his wife anymore. He's in Miami, like entertaining people at like old folks homes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Libby, like tried to leave and made it to like another town in Missouri before her dad got out of prison, and she's just working at a different Dairy Queen. Yeah. like Ron and Sheila went to like Hollywood, but they're just extras. Like it, it's pretty sad. I mean, I feel like. They actually are better off than when this movie starts. Ron and Libby, yeah. like, Ron I mean, and like Libby. pretty much everyone, like, and uh, everyone, like, yeah. yeah, pretty much everyone in this movie, like, followed their at dream. least, like, is doing something more than they were doing before. Because it was like, like when like Libby's quits her job at the Dairy Queen to like do this non-paid community <laughs> theater gig, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, she pretty much ends back up in the same place, like, and her, her story might be a little bit worse because like now she's got to like probably take care of like her dad who's probably like a deadbeat you know yeah, yeah a deadbeat and just probably like you know like you know stealing half of her check or some right. shit like that you know uh but like pretty much everyone else i feel like is in a better place than when they started like you know they're not in blaine missouri anymore yeah exactly there's and, that and <laughs> corky is back in new york and he's running his little like oh, trinket okay. shop yeah. Which I, I like, but yeah, I would have like a whole shop. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I would have preferred the original. Yeah, great. <laughs> I would have preferred the original ending that they had for Corky, which is that he's living with the pharmacist, like the guy oh. who's obsessed with him. Oh, okay. Like that, the two of them like have moved to New York together, and they have like a little flat there, and they're very happy. So that, that would make more that. sense. I would have yeah. preferred yeah. that because yeah, that was like a thing that again, just they drop in there, and it's kind of like. Yeah, cool. Like this guy's like also gay, and it's like really like enamored and is in love with, with Corky. Yeah, with Corky, and, and then that never goes no, anywhere. And it's I, just I, like I, he like walks away at the end of the movie. He's like, "That was a really great show, Corky," and then just like walks away, and that's the end of his right. Whole and that's thing. that's the end. I love the how it's like a like like why why did Corky make it so hard for him to audition? Well, it was just this thing of like he says like you have to audition at this one time but the guy couldn't because it was like when he has to do inventory for the pharmacy and he's like well that's show business if you can't audition at the one time then you can't be in the show (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that he was like trying to keep this guy out or anything it's just that he like he's being like exercising his one bit of tyrannical power that he can being the guy (laughs) who runs the show there i thought it was playing more towards like uh uh you know he doesn't want to hang out with that guy because then it would expose his, you know, obviously closeted homosexuality. Well, no, because I don't think I don't even think Corky like had enough awareness of him, like outside of himself, to even notice that that guy was like yeah. enamored yeah. with him. You're right. So like Corky was just like so caught up in his own self and like trying to like do this show and get on back to off 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 Broadway <laughs> that like he yeah didn't even realize that this guy you know totally had a crush on him and. I feel like that is, again, something that I feel like could have been explored a little bit more. So, as like, it, I feel like they do do a pretty good job of, like, portraying him as that. But I feel like that could have been more of the joke than, again, just... And, right. And a lot more yeah. of this co- could have come out differently <laughs> in the editing. Because this movie took a year and a half to edit. What? Because... Um, Christopher Guest shot like 60 hours of footage of people just like improvising all sorts of different stuff Uh and then they just cut it all together in a movie that's under 90 minutes but like you could have had like four different movies from what they actually shot wow Wow. I could could definitely see that happening just because it is yeah as improvised as it is there's definitely a lot that was probably left on the cutting room floor yeah yeah I can see that. 
um it's well edited though you know it's, yeah, there's no of... there's no like uh random little bits or anything that well outside of like david cross kind of stands out yeah well there's a few little things where they're just having like people from the town come in and do like little testimonials like there's the guy who talks about like getting taken onto the ship and oh, probed right. yeah. and stuff yeah. Oh, yeah um but you know apart from that i think they cut together a pretty good narrative from like just 60 hours of improv right yeah <laughs> the whole alien abduction thing is just so i don't know <laughs> i love the thing with like the alien ship coming down and the historian saying like the ship landed in 1946 and the people went on the ship and had a potluck dinner right <laughs> <laughs> historical fact I love how like it's the biggest part of the show too. Like that gets the biggest applause is yeah. like when the alien starts singing. Yeah. Well, well that's boring, actually boring, 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 boring. <laughs> the reason the crowd reacts so heavily to this because it's a callback to a another song that was cut from the movie but was in like the musical called Nothing Ever Happens in Blaine. Uh, and so when the Martian shows up and he starts singing Nothing Ever Happens in Mars, it's a callback to an earlier song and that's why the crowd is like, Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, but that got cut. Yeah. Uh, well, like presumably it's still in the play, but it was cut from the movie. Because okay. originally like the the play itself took up like forty minutes when they first cut it together. <laughs> it was just like an action. It was just a play. It was just a play. <laughs> yeah. It was just like the full on musical. <laughs> so they had to cut that down, obviously. <laughs> that's great um it really nails the whole like uh um oh gosh i don't know just like the childhood excitement that like these people have for like being in the play like i love the audition of uh, when ron and sheila like end and they're like oh you want us to strike this stool it's like yeah we, we worked with him before we worked with kirky before <laughs> on another project yeah, so we, we know all terms. the theater terms you know and he's like leaving <laughs> I, I love ron and sheila's like whole dynamic together and how like horrible he is to her oh yeah and oh, all this stuff. how horrible he is to everyone he's horrible yeah. to eugene levy's character and, and, like but they like still love each other and stuff and i love like before they go in they they have like, like this pre-audition ritual where they like um snap snap she pulls his finger and then they like wipe their like hands from like bottom to the top of their faces and they have like big smiles oh it's so silly and then like yeah right when they're uh doing like a costume change and she's like doing his hair and she's like i gotta do my hair he's like well finish mine first like <laughs> yeah well and then she has a line like when we'll be in all the shows we've done together and when we do scene studies at home he'll have extensive you know hour two hour note sessions for me yeah and he's like well it's just like general notes it's just like yeah just, but they're mostly for me just because you get most of them yeah <laughs> were they the travel agents yes yeah. they're travel oh, okay. agents <laughs> And again, going back to like how like small Blaine is and stuff, like their big package of like their travel destination is like, oh, we have a great thing to Miami Beach. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and I love like uh, it was like Eugene Levy's like all of his like Jewish centric like music pieces like that. He's like so he's yeah. like specific not even just like retirement homes, but like specifically like Jewish retirement homes. Yes, is like where he's entertaining. <laughs> where he, he's he's like, singing my booby made a kishka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love uh, him and his wife. I love the his wife's character was absolutely hilarious. She's so great. She's great. <laughs> uh, like the the dinner with uh, Ron and Sheila and then yeah, where Catherine O'Hara is doing like the best drunk acting in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, she's knocking it out of the park. Like my god, <laughs> I want I want shh girl talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love I love how like that scene is like making her out to be the most embarrassing thing you know in that and the, until ron rips whip, whips out his dick oh yeah and it's yeah. like whoa yeah. <laughs> all right yeah. oh my god 
It's like, yeah, I had a penis reduction surgery. It's all embarrassed to tell people about it. <laughs> and yeah, she's like, she's like, what? What's an uncircumcised penis like? All right, yeah. I've never had been. I've never been with an animal, but Ron. She's like, oh, well, that's like the only question I can ask because, like, he told me not to ask about, like, Jew stuff. I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) And this is after we've already established, like, Eugene Levy's wife to be, like, this so boring, like, Midwestern woman. It's like, you know, we have our Scrabble Club and, you know, other people with babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, God. God, it just breaks your heart. These people are just so bored. Like move or get an Xbox. Oh my god. The Midwest. I just I don't envy. No. Sorry to any of our listeners in the Midwest. Yeah. But well, they're all moving here. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear god. I mean <laughs> If you're good people, stay good. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly it's not the people, it's No. And you can't choose where you're born. Yeah. You know, you can't choose where you're I mean you can kinda of choose where you live. But, you know, if you're there and you're stuck, then... And if you like it, hey, you know, more power to you. Yeah. Anyways, back to the show. Um, <laughs> and now, back to our show. No, back to our show. Uh, how are you guys doing on notes? I'm kind of wrapping up on my thoughts. Uh, I'm pretty well wrapped. I'll just blast through my few things I wrote down. Uh, yeah, blast us, Cullen. Um, I just love... There's a few lines I love, like, Lloyd is a music teacher, and he shops at Walmart. <laughs> he doesn't even about... support the community. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in every show I was in in high school and probably in college too people would just say it's the day of the show y'all oh yeah like, that was just like a line that everyone knew. oh and well I'm um, just gonna go home and bite my pillow I'm gonna go home and bite yeah. my pillow I remember that being um, said all the time in high school um Fred Willard did not know about the lazy eye gag huh. like that wasn't something he was around for so when Eugene Levy says like when he says like what did your keen and perceptive eyes behold and he turns around and sees Eugene Levy doing that like crossed eye lazy eye thing he lost it laughing for 10 minutes apparently <laughs> um and apparently according to imdb this is meryl streep's favorite movie really yeah at least according to imdb trivia that's what it says um and my last thing is i love that the pit orchestra could not be more obviously a midi track when they're doing like the whole overture <laughs> yeah. it's like oh that yeah. is so clearly just a, a midi track but they, you see an orchestra there also it's just like <laughs> how would any community theater have have the that great of musicians to, like yeah have like a for, they have like a steel drum and like it, the percussionist <laughs> is also playing a trumpet. Yeah, the yeah. trumpet player is also playing like the kettle drums and the xylophone yeah. while he's playing the trumpet. He's yeah. like absolutely MVP. Like the instruments alone would <laughs> blow the budget for the whole city. Um, well, finally, this movie has a 7.6 on IMDb, a 91% Rotten Tomatoes, and a 91% Audience Tomatoes. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel about this kind of comedy? Like the you know whole mockumentary real dry improv improvised christopher guest style i mean i like because again I, I feel like it's definitely something that's tracked and it's definitely been uh refined to a better extent as far as like like modern like right. how modern comedy is and like you know just learning you know again like how people are different and just kind of <laughs> <laughs> I, I just i god I feel like I'm harping on this, like I'm beating a dead horse with this, but it's just like, again, like I feel like it definitely does a good job for like the time that it was, but it definitely feels dated now. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I feel like is definitely like the humor of it. I feel like definitely is something that like tracks through shows like Arrested Development shows like, you know, the office and 
uh, and Parks and Recreation, and they're de- and I definitely like those things better than I like this movie. But I can definitely see like where that influence comes from. Right. And appreciate well, the, that. That this movie was like the beginnings of that, and Spinal Tap before this right. was like, yeah. the beginnings of that, and this was like a whole trajectory that it now is kind of becoming kind of played out. But like at the time, this was really fresh, and this was like something that was really brand new in comedy. And for that, I think this is like a really cool and kind of an important movie in terms of like representing that type of comedy, which is a type of comedy I really enjoy. Yeah, right. It's there's no, it's not jokes. The character the jokes are in the characters that the people are putting across. Yeah, and I mean it's a first one of the first times we started seeing. I mean, Spinal Tap before this, obviously, but um, this type of thing is when we first started seeing long form improv as a thing like as a mainstream thing right like because like before that like what people knew improv was was whose line is it anyway like it's yeah. all like improv, improv games, games a lot of just short form stuff right and this is like when like we first like long form really got into like the zeitgeist right and it's also really interesting like yeah for pretty much everyone to be playing the straight man like no pun intended but huh. yeah. um but yeah just kind of like everyone just completely like you said like it's not like i said this thing ha 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 it's just like everyone's just like playing these characters and then those characters come off as humorous based off of their interactions as opposed to them actually like telling jokes yeah like having a punchline as a line in the movie yeah Yeah. it's not like written comedy it's all about like just the interactions of these people and like the situations that they put into like this outline let's say let's take these characters let's put them in these situations and everybody just make it up yeah and that's again one of the things that i love about you know uh nation for instance is they'll like say these things that are like really kind of like cheesy that like taken alone you just kind of be like oh god but then it's like when it's in the context of like what they're doing and like the situations that they like come up with or that are presented uh. to them it just comes off like these hilarious moments that normally it would kind of be like a groan but it's like actually turned into more of like just like belly laugh of, oh right yeah of like oh my god i can't believe you said that <laughs> i can't believe i just laughed at that <laughs> it's just so stupid but it's just so funny at the same time yeah yeah i know um my favorite kind of stuff is like is is when you find out um when someone improvises something and then it sticks down the road to like a character that they're talking to or like a, or like themselves, you know, um, like my favorite is, is, you know, in in podcasts, of course, is like either like mission to Zix or, um, you know, a hello from magic tavern where like someone will improv something and then it's like, well, that's Canon now, you know, for the rest of the show or the rest of this episode, at least, you know, yeah, like chunts two buttholes. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff like that. Or like, you know, just, or in mission to Zix, like the whole character of Nermit Bundeloy is just like, (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, just oh, like you're a tiny, of, you're a or, tiny chicken lizard. It's well, like, well, like the oh, guy who okay. plays that yeah. didn't even come up with it. No, then he's like, did he, oh yeah, Nerma. Turns out, like, we didn't even know that you were 14 inches tall. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now that's in my character for the rest, rest of forever, of the, forever. <laughs> yeah, like, that's they've just written him to be a tiny chicken lizard man, and that's just hilarious to me. Is when stuff like that happens, and then you just gotta roll with it, you know. And I'm curious to know. Um, you know, especially through the extensive editing that this movie went through, how much of that happened, you know? Yeah, and, and it's, like, got to be similar to Parks and Rec sometimes where they'll show all the different takes that somebody did of a joke. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah, they did, like, 20 different things, and what you saw in the episode was just what we picked as the best one. Like, there's got to be so much of that for this movie, too, where there was, like, just a million different jokes that somebody did for each given thing, but they just chose the one they liked best. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take our last break 
And when we get back, we'll um, talk about recommendations for you and us and also what movie we're doing next. So um, we'll be right back. Back from outer space. Yeah, you yep. can't can't talk shit now because I'm in your face. See how I made that rhyme? Sure. <laughs> Not exactly what I was going for, but yeah, I'm glad I, you went there. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to like. I just walked in and I just saw that look on your face <laughs> and I was. Well, I'm in your face. Yeah. <laughs> I keep wanting to do that because it was like a. Dennis and I did this show in high school. This is a, one of my a, favorite a sketch show yeah, called yeah. like the Cubits Comedy Cabaret. But um, our teacher continued that show at another school he went to, and they did this amazing sketch where it was just this guy and this girl, and they're doing that song as a dramatic scene. So it's like, and now you're back from outer space. Don't, Don't you come back, back in now. with that look on your face? Like, I should have made you leave. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made you leave your key. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great yeah it's pretty great uh, that is great um i love oh man yeah <laughs> uh so yeah we're we're back um there's recommendations the the rickety to the rack the recommendations <laughs> um i'll kick us off um i oh I'll, I'll recommend something cooler than i was just about to recommend um which is just a stupid cell phone game i'll actually recommend um uh improv class i went to an improv Yay. class what a great time um it was i was terrifying until it started and then it was awesome um because you know what everyone else is there for the same reason that you are to have some fun and so once you realize that um it's really easy to have a lot of fun with some strangers and uh, I think that's my favorite takeaway from my experience of going to an improv class at the Voodoo Comedy Theater um, was that uh, you're just having a good time with a whole bunch of people that you just met for the first time. And in this world uh, where uh, it's easy to lose faith in other people, that really invigorated me to just spend some time with some strangers and, you know, meet some people. And everyone was just was really vibing well. Yeah, I, I haven't done improv since I was in college, and I really miss it. Like, I, I think I might go do the same thing just because I, I, it's been so long. Do it, yeah. If you live in Denver, um, the Voodoo Comedy Playhouse mm -hmm. does, um, they do an improv class. It's a drop-in every Tuesday nights, 6 to 7.30. Um, it's free, well, donations. And then you can stay for the rest of the night for any kind of shows that they're putting on. I love it. So, yeah. Very Meh. nice, very nice. That's mine. What do you guys got? Um. Yeah, I recommend unplugging. Just <laughs> like social media detox. Like get offline for like a few days, a week, maybe a year. I don't Lifetime. know. The rest of your life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. It's kind of feeling like uh, you know everything's like just like a raging dumpster fire right now. Like we're uh, definitely and, in the darkest timeline. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you don't have to read everything. Like, nope. Um, oh, I've been really... doing that. Like anytime I get on Twitter, I'm skipping about 70s to 80%. Yeah. Like, I deleted Twitter from my phone. Yeah. And it's been great. I logged out <laughs> of my personal account today and I'm not sure when I'm going to log back in. Yeah. I might just like hang out on our like Twitter page like, yeah. for the podcast for a while <laughs> and maybe just kind of like nurture that because, yeah, it's just kind of like... Whew, there's a lot of like intersections of just like things really just like coming in. It's like, oh yeah, like everything's going. Everything shit. just feels like crazy. <laughs> and then like the more and more that you like 
yeah, get to go into that rabbit hole, the worse that it gets. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of like an intersectional fuck up. Like, it fucking um, sucks. Yeah. On it like, fucking sucks. Again. So, yeah. um, yeah, like, so like I said, you don't have to read it all. You don't have to, like, you can take a break. Like, I know it's hard to, uh, I know it's like, you know, people like you want to stay informed and believe me, the fire will still be raging and <laughs> will still be there when you get back. Like, and, but take some time to just like breathe and yep. center yourself, like go outside, hang out with friends, spend like a weekend, like hanging out and like playing board games or like, you know, just hanging out with people in the real world and um if you don't like you know just like find whatever platform that feels the happiest to you because i know some people like really like instagram as like a, a happy place or right. like pinterest is kind of like oh yeah. yeah i can really refine this down to like not having to see any news i can just like go on there and like look at D stuff all day right, yeah, or, yeah. like look at like, like home interior look at architecture all day uh, uh, even though <laughs> facebook is the worst i've actually been doing that with facebook because all i do is i go on there and i get in like conversation groups for like star trek the next conversation and how did this get made and like just go and talk to other podcast fans about like these podcasts that i like and like i've been loving that and just ignoring everything else that's good social yeah. media wise that's good um, so yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. <laughs> take care of yourself, people. Like, yeah, self care. Take care of your mental well being because it's tough out there, and it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. Nope. So like, you got to pay it yourself. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and we're gonna all get through this shitstorm together. Yep. Let's <laughs> let's be tortoises and not hares, people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm gonna piggyback off of that and say, in terms of kind of ignoring uh, a lot of the stuff of the now, because I've been going into the. Uh, Wayback Machine a little bit lately. I've been yes, that's the Wayback. Back. <laughs> I've been going on YouTube and looking up old Siskel and Ebert reviews, and oh. just really been loving it. Like just watching. I've watched them do like their wrap ups of like the worst movies of '96 and like '98. You know what and this makes you, Colin? The biggest movie nerd ever. Yeah, you <laughs> beat Colin Munch at being the biggest <laughs> being movie. a movie nerd. Yeah, because like I watched. Uh, I would like really true uh touching tribute that like roger ebert did to gene Siskel like right after he died mm -hmm. um but it's a lot of fun just to go back and watch these old reviews and like this the dynamic between those two was so special and like was what kept people coming back and i really get that now that i'm watching it as somebody who like is into movies much more than i was like back when that show was on the air or even right. when roger ebert was still alive yeah um but yeah, it's it's a really fun thing about their dynamic and like how fun it is when they fight and how fun it is when they agree and and how good that show actually was. So go on YouTube and look up some old Siskel and Ebert. I think you'll enjoy it. Right on. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Moral of this story. Yeah. Um, we command it. We yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it is spoken by yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Make it so. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Nice. John Luke Picard there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, what movie are we doing next? I think we have a. It's another very yeah. special <laughs> episode. Another very special episode. Yeah. We're back to our special. Yeah. I think like now it's like, the not it? special episode. Yeah. Like the special episode. Now like any episode that we have someone on is just well, like a if it's episode. like a friend of the pod returning, then right. it's not like a very special. It could just be a special. Yeah, you're not. Okay. You're not very special anymore. Every just time you come back to the podcast, right. your specialness just goes down a peg. Yeah, and that's because we suck at Fabio and use it for our 
life force. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we weren't supposed to say that. that is, <laughs> God damn it, you're dude, blowing her. We're not going to be able to live very much longer. Sam, we Sam, do that. edit that out. Uh, thank Sam, you. Okay, thanks, Sam. Start right. here. Yes. So, so we'll have Lance back for Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is right on. Edgar Wright. Uh, amazingness uh, comic book it's be great. guys I'm so looking yeah. forward because I, I love Edgar Wright and I have a little confession to make I have never seen this movie Woo! that yeah. was a fun one it's a lot of fun yeah. I've seen it several times it's I haven't seen it since it came out really so it's been a long time oh man I showed yeah. it to my sister and she's not a video gamer so she was like Dennis what are you showing <laughs> I did but she still the, enjoyed it I did play the shit out of the game though because they made, they had a game for it and, of course um, they did it's like, yeah. it practically is a video yeah, game yeah <laughs> it's perfect and uh, Anamanaguchi does the oh, uh, awesome. soundtrack which oh Oh, there we go. That's another recommendation. Let's check out Anamanaguchi. some Anamanaguchi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super fun. <laughs> Super fun. Um, yeah, what a positive vibe that band is, you know. <laughs> um, all right, cool. I'm super excited for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, Edgar Wright and Lance, of course. Everyone's favorite Lance. Everyone yeah. loves Lance. Everyone loves Future Lance. filmmaker Lance. Future yeah. fucking filmmaker. Film you know what? When he goes on to here. film school, I've, I actually did another podcast uh, where I, I kind of figured out how to, you know, uh, Get someone in that's not local, so we'll be able to have some Lance on the future when, if he moves away. Oh, nice. I don't want him to move away, so I'm going to say if. I know. <laughs> I mean, he is, but... I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we're all going to be very sad when that day happens, but we'll Skype him in. It'll be fun. Yeah, we're yeah. going to miss you, Lance. We fight! <laughs> Anyways, join us next week for, um, for that. Thanks for listening. Um, Come on. Love y'all. you to watch come on and watch with me i want you to watch it just watch this watch this movie with me i said i want you to watch watch the fucking movie